at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome back to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. I am the founder uh, of Skull King Football. I want to welcome you to the podcast tonight. And uh, as we made the special announcement in our last podcast, uh, to join me tonight, who will become now a uh, uh, as regular part of the show as he can uh, with his schedule, uh, Skull King staff writer for quarterbacks, Greg Talcott. Go ahead and say hi, Greg. Hey, Ryan. Hello, everybody. Good to, good to be back again this week. All righty. Well, we are, we are moving into week 10. We've hit the double digits in the, uh, in the fantasy football uh, weeks. Um, oh, by the way, this is actually you know special podcast. This is a podcast number 25 for us, so we're making our way up there. Um, so yeah, we we've hit week ten. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that are out of it. I have one league that it's pretty much a given. Actually, two of my five leagues. It's pretty much a given that, thanks to uh, underperforming players and injuries, I'm pretty much done in two of my five leagues already. So I don't know how you're doing in your. I think you said you're pretty much out of it in your league. Yeah, so this week in my league, it was a riveting matchup between uh, a couple of two-win teams, myself and another guy battling for a dead last. And I like to report that because of Jimmy Graham, I am officially now in dead last. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm in all of mine. I'm just on the edge where I need to win out in order to make the play, in order to have a shot at making the playoffs. And so, yeah, I pretty much just have counted those teams out. So. Alrighty. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into the news and notes? We've got a, you know, more injury stuff to to take care of. But uh, let's go ahead and get into this and see what we can do to to help out people for week ten. All right. Start it off. Tamp. Whoops. Close out of that. Close out. There we go. Come on, sleeper bot. There we go. The Tampa Bay Times says it was too early to tell if Doug Martin with his hamstrings would be cleared to play in week ten following Wednesday's practice. So if you have, was it Peyton Barber, you're still in good shape. I, for me, I still don't think Doug Martin's going to play this week. I, I think he may play maybe two or three games the rest of the season. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't trust running backs with hamstring injuries. I don't know about you, Greg, but. I, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I wasn't high on Doug Martin coming into this year. I mean, he seemed like that, that typical case of a, you know, great performance in the contract year and you're going to get, uh, a handful of nothing, um, you know, the following year. And, and Chicago's not chopped defense on, on the run – or chopped liver, I'm sorry, on the run defense either. You know, they're number 12 in the league uh, overall right there. So I don't think he's a great matchup as his first game back, you know, either way. Yeah. Um, next, uh, head coach Mike McCarthy, this, this I thought has called Ty Montgomery a three-down back uh, on Wednesday. Um, 
Rob Domrosky of ESPN.com reports, I think you have to get past the fact that he wears number 88. McCarthy added he's a 225 pound, he's 225 pounds and he's physical. I mean, with the way that they're using him, yeah, I guess you could call him an every down back. I mean, it's he's getting some carries. Um, I mean, he's definitely taking advantage with those carries, um, but he's mainly being used as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that he that once start because I know that James Starks is coming back, um, he started practicing again. How much do you think James Starks cuts into um, into Ty Montgomery's workload? I, I think it, it's certainly detrimental, um, you know, to have to have Starks come back, especially if, as you get later into the season. I mean, you've seen this with uh, Starks really the last, the last few years where, you know, he's a late season performer. He's, he's dealt with injuries before, but he tends to come back and, and, and play well. So, you know, assuming he's healthy, I think he gets more carries. That can only be, you know, a negative for a guy who's ultimately then at that point, he's like your number four, you know, receiver. So I think he's still a great, uh, option for, for flex play, um, you know, or where you're really desperate, uh, to be able to play a running back because you can, you can play him in both spots. Uh, like I am, I mean, I my, my running backs are just getting worse as as we actually speak. So um, I'm not knocking him that much. He, he he could be a play there, but you can't look at a healthy body coming back in the backfield like starts with experience and think that it's it has any potential upside for Montgomery. Yeah, and and like you said, officially now starting today, which for us is Wednesday. Um, Ty Montgomery on Yahoo can be used as both a wide receiver and a running back. So that, uh, that uh, is good. I know that's good news for a lot of people. It is for me in one of my leagues. So, all right. Todd Gurley uh, did not practice on Wednesday with a thigh issue. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast that um, Jeff, Jeff Fisher um, stated that Todd Gurley needs to get more carries. I was like, you're the head coach. That's kind of your job to get your star player more carries. But um, he's not practicing today. Who does LA have? They have, let me scroll, 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 scroll. They're at, oh, they're at the New York Jets who, I mean, they're not terrible against the run. So no. Todd Gurley could, you know, Todd Gurley could be in a little bit of trouble even if he does play um, on yeah. Sunday. The Jets are number five overall in, in rush defense and, and Gurley, there, there's a lot of disappointing performance coming out of first-round picks, but there's probably nothing as disappointing as, frankly, as Todd Gurley, who you know is the number one or number two back taken, you know, top five, you know, player, put you know, possibly you know, in most drafts this year. So, um, going up against a number five defense, he's not going to get anything. You know, he's, he's his yards per carry are terrible, and the Jets give up three and a half. Yeah. So, all right, uh, Spencer Ware has officially passed the league's concussion protocol. And all those who had Spencer Ware, you know, start, you know, thanking their lucky stars that he is finally available again. Um, because, I mean, I think we've pretty much seen now that Spencer Ware is the superior talent to Chuck Hendrick West. Um, and I don't, I mean, I mean, we saw, you know, West performed last year admirably for a few games and then after as, you know as soon as that was after those three games where took over the role especially as being like the lead uh pounding back and you know west was more the kind of the, the pass catcher but you know even this year where has been basically doing it all yeah absolutely i think um he is 
easily taken that job. He is the number one there. Again, when you look at matchups this week, you know, how excited are you to see you know, Carolina, who's you know, number three against the run, and, you know, giving up you know, 3.3 yards a carry. Yeah. You know, so that's it's another one of these things where when you get guys coming back from injury or they haven't necessarily been performing well and then you throw them up against a stacked defense, you know, it's, you're, not, you're not really stacking the deck in your, your favor for that week, I would say. No, not really. But still, he's a better option than Chuck Kendrick West is for that match. Oh, that's without question. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm not worried. Uh, Randall Cobb uh, was a lim- was limited in Wednesday's practice. Here's just I'm mean, just some various notes. Randall Cobb was limited in Wednesday's practice. He's kind of you know still dealing with the hamstring injury. Uh, he didn't you know he didn't suffer any major setbacks in the game on Sunday in the loss to Indianapolis. So I think that this is more just a um, just a precautionary thing. Um, moving on, Hunter Henry was limited in Wednesday's practice with his knee. Man, he's he's kind of fallen from grace a little bit. It looks like you know now that Antonio Gates is fully healthy. Uh, since Antonio Gates come came back, he is now leading the league in red zone targets in like the last four or five weeks. Gates is. The guy's just a timeless wonder. Every time you think you've written the guy off, I mean, he's he's there again. Yeah. Really remarkable. I mean, I I drafted him this year, expect you know, figuring that he was going to have a great season. Then when he went, you know, when he got injured, and you know, my team got a little thin at, at tight end. I really didn't have much of a choice but to drop him and move, you know, go somewhere else. And you know, by the time he was actually back and you know, and being productive, you know, he was gone. Someone else already had him. So, um, Travis Benjamin didn't practice Wednesday. He is actually, from what I've seen. Um, some of the stories I've seen, he's actually trending to not playing on Sunday uh, against Miami, which would make um, Tyrell Williams basically the only wide receiver option um, for um, uh, for Rivers in that game against Miami. Uh, here we go. Mike Evans' concussion was a full participant at Wednesday's practice. It looks like he's basically... Um, now to the point where he should be out of the concussion protocol either tomorrow or the day after and ready to go. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a good matchup this week against the Bears, you know, as well. So owners of uh, Mike Evans are are definitely happy this week. Yeah, I've I have one league where I have I have Matthew Stafford where I um, I think I think I actually picked up Jameis Winston because I have Mike Evans just to kind of try to double up on points and take advantage of the fact that. I want to say that um, in that specifically, that scoring that I have, um, Chicago is giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So I should be in for an okay, uh, okay week there. Um, Coach Pete Carroll said CJ Procise is going to play, quote, a lot this week against New England. I'm not surprised by this. We're st- I mean, they – Thomas Rawls is not going to be back this week in week 10. They're expecting, hopefully, well, they're hoping he'll be back in week 11. Um, Christine Michael had some good games early after Rawls went out, but for the most part has been a disappointment. He he hasn't broken, he has not been breaking tackles. Um, you know, you watch, you watch him try to run through the line, and it's like he is so he's trying so hard to break through tackles to get through the line that he basically trips himself up. And as soon as he's through the line, he's stumbling and falling down for only a gain of like four yards, 
with where with his speed, he should be breaking through the line and running for 25. So, right. I, I mean, I don't know that there has been a more impactful uh, retirement on or, or personnel change on any team than Marshawn Lynch being gone, um, you know, from Seattle. And I think that. Uh, you got to give ProSize a, a chance, especially you know this week against New England. I mean, last thing you want to go do is go on the road and try to throw it around uh, against Belichick and, and Brady because you're going to get run off the field pretty quick. Uh, and, and so, if they can possibly control the ball and the clock, you know they have a you know a chance of keeping the game competitive this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as a as a Seahawks fan, I am you know I am so. I can't even say that I'm worried about the the New England game. I'm, you know, I I really don't like that matchup because of how bad the offense has been the last three weeks and how much. I mean, I still think that Seattle has a solid defense. The problem is the offense can't get can't stay on the field to give the defense a break. And if they keep that up, if they're only playing, you know, if the offense only has the ball you know, twenty to twenty two minutes out of the sixty. In New England, I mean, they're just going to be throwing the ball all over, and the defense is going to stay on the field. The Seattle's defense is going to stay on the field the entire game, and, you know, it's it's going to be an absolute blowout. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, uh, it's a tough matchup for anybody to go up against uh, New England, you know, especially on the road. But right now, it's, this, this is a tough, uh, tough draw for Seattle this week. Yeah. Um, Good. Moving on next, Carlos Hyde uh, still um, has remained limited um, at practice uh, with his shoulder injury. He uh, was still seen with a non-contact jersey in practice today. Uh, a lot of people are still somewhat high on Dewan Harris with the game that he had um, this last week. It was against New Orleans in a game that, I mean New Orleans isn't all that great on defense. I mean obviously they put up a ton, they put up a ton of numbers on offense. But uh you know I'm I'm still I mean I was a not a believer in Hyde all season uh, even going into the draft just because I thought he was going to he would get injured and then wouldn't be able to come back. I don't like Dewan Harris um in this game against because I'm pretty sure it's against Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I mean if if Carlos Hyde is out, you need to look somewhere else for your running backs. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be going to San Francisco this week. No, Dewan Harris is a body uh, to plug a hole in the roster because you can't find anybody else to start, which is likely what I'll be doing this weekend. <laughs> but the uh, you know ultimately Arizona's the middle of the pack. You know, run defense. Um, you know, they give up less than four yards a carry. They, you know, San Francisco's defense is so historically bad uh, that they're going to be getting, unless Arizona does what they've done this year, which is just completely disappoint on offense, Arizona should have a massive, massive lead uh, in that game. Uh, and you're going to put more and more pressure on, on Kaepernick and you're not going to be running the ball anyway. Correct. All right, moving on. Lamar Miller, um, still with his shoulder injury, was limited at Wednesday's practice. He has a, a somewhat, I mean, what, how is, I mean, he's got Jacksonville. I want to say they're in Jacksonville this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville's defense has struggled as well. They're, I mean, they're not, they're not uh, you know, lighting the world on fire with their defense. They, I mean, they have, let's be honest, they have a young core 
that's still trying to figure it out. They're right about the middle of the pack um, in terms of yards. Yeah, they're number 20 in yards allowed. Uh, rush yards. So I mean, I could see, I could see if Lamar Miller is healthy, he should be fine for this weekend. Um, and honestly, if 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 Houston's going to win, they obviously cannot put the ball in Osweiler's hands and expect to to do well. Yeah, uh, Brock Osweiler is really one of the more disappointing picks that I had going into this year. Not things on my team, but uh, what I expected him to do. And for a guy who's six foot eight, he is remarkable at not being able to see the field. I mean, Doug Flutie, uh, you know, could, could see the field a hundred times better uh, and, and get the ball out better than Brock Osweiler can. And was so, almost a, and was almost a full foot shorter. Oh, easily a foot shorter. Uh, you know, it, 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 so it's really definitely going to be on Miller's shoulders. I mean, it's it's a, it's a solid enough matchup, I think, against Jacksonville. Um, if you do get any points, you know, maybe you can get a you know short yardage touchdown, something like that. It's not going to be a high-scoring game, I wouldn't think, uh, because really neither offense is playing great. Uh, and Houston does have a, a solid defense. So uh, I, I think Lamar Miller would be a, a good play this week. Um, moving on, Jaquiz Rogers shed his walking boot but still did not practice Wednesday. At this point, like like we said earlier, it's still it's still Peyton Barber. We don't know if Doug Martin's even going to be able to play, and if he does come back, it's it's not you know it's not necessarily a, a great matchup going up against Chicago's run D. So, um, and I think that's about it. Uh, Jeremy Macklin did not practice today. He's looking questionable for uh, the game this weekend that Kansas City has uh, against Carolina which is a shame because Carolina's pass defense is terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if I, you know, most of the reports that I've seen on Macklin is that he's, he probably will not play this weekend. So, which puts a bit of a damper on, um, on Alex Smith coming back. But again, Alex Smith is another one of those. He's a streaming, he's a streaming option only. Uh, in a good matchup where you hope he gets, you know, the 225 to 250 and two touchdowns. So, And then last, no, I think that was it. Nope, okay, and all the rest of that we're going into, you know, what we had last week, so, or in the last podcast. So that pretty much wraps it up for our news and notes. We're going to go ahead and get into our our DFS section um, for this week, week 10. Again, uh, Greg, you and I, you know, unfortunately live in in states where we're not allowed to play DFS, but we can still put up put together the lineups. So we kind of went over you know, what we were looking at for this week. Um, and so for quarterback, um, you had and we we were both looking in the same range. Um, we weren't necessarily looking for the high the the high paid guys just because matchups weren't necessarily great. We were both looking middle of the road, so why don't you go ahead and give me a, a name or two that you were looking at for this week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think there's not any real great plays in the high dollar range. And uh, what seemed to be the sweet spot to me was that thirty dollars space. Uh, and this week, I'm going with Carson Palmer. I mean, it's just he's going. He's at home. He's going against a horrible defense. Now he's played lousy all year, uh, and so I think this is a turning point for for the Cardinals and, and for Palmer. If you're going to get healthy and you're going to start playing well and get on a roll, 
this is the type of team that you're going to do it against. So he has the potential to have 300 plus and, you know, maybe three scores, uh, I, I think in this game. Okay. And then a, a name that, a name that you, I know that you say you will never be, you being a Chicago's bear, Chicago bears fan, a name that you will never ever start is Jay Cutler. I actually like him for this week simply as kind of a, that, that streaming option type that's, you know, could get you 250 and two. Um, he's going up against Tampa Bay's defense where if, let's be honest, because of how um, inconsistent Chicago's past defense has been, Mike Evans and, and Jameis Winston could go off in this game, which could mean that it could turn into a shootout, which with Jay Cutler could mean that he throws for 300 yards and two TDs, or it could mean that he throws for 225 and three interceptions. So, I mean, you're kind of picking your poison there, but at the $30 range, again, that's kind of where you're going anyways. So, um, the, and the other name that you and I kind of talked about was Trevor Simeon at 26 bucks, just because of the matchup at New Orleans. Yeah, I think that's um, that is actually a favorable matchup. I, I don't, you know, Simeon on the season. I'm not, you know, blown away. By um, I think he gets a, a little too much credit, frankly, for the way some of the announcers talk about him, uh, for for what he's accomplished, especially when you compare it relative to like a, a Dak Prescott. I mean, they're both playing with some, you know, quite a supporting cast around them, right? So it's not like you know either guy's at a real disadvantage there. And when you look at production. Simeon doesn't blow me away, but this week on the road in New Orleans, who's got a, a lousy defense, they can they can score. The Raiders proved last week that you can put up points, you know, on Denver. Denver, I think, is more vulnerable on defense than people want to to really acknowledge. So they're going to be down in this game, and that's going to be on Simeon because Denver can't run the ball, um, at least not very well. Even though New Orleans is in a great defense, they're going to have to throw the ball. So I think he's got more upside this week than than a lot of other guys, especially for the money. Yeah, at only 26 bucks. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Again, it, it seems like this week you and I – well, yeah, we'll, we'll go to the wide receivers. The, you weren't necessarily high on a lot of the high-end picks just because of matchups. Um, for me, uh, I like – I, I kind of like the Alshon Jeffrey at $27, again, going against Tampa Bay. Um, I, I, again, I know you're kind of – being a Chicago Bears fan, and yet your disdain for the players on the Chicago Bears um, with Sir Drops a lot, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, but I think I think the matchup I think the matchup plays plays pretty well to at least give an opportunity um, at twenty seven dollars instead of you know maybe paying a little bit higher for say Antonio Brown who has a, who has Dallas's defense um, at thirty five dollars that he's going to be going up against so. Um, yeah, I think, you know, especially if you want, especially if you're going with Cutler too, I mean, you do have the chance of, of getting the double dip there. And if th there's not a lot of uh, options for Cutler, you know, to throw it to, I mean, you know, he's got, you know, one guy, two guys, or it's a pick. So, you know, Alshon Jeffries always, always going to be right at the top of that list as far as, as far as targets, you know, hopefully they can, they can put something together for you. Yeah. And then, uh, um, who were who are maybe a couple of the wide receivers that you that you were looking at before I give one more? Yeah, so I mean, I went with I, I was really cheap. I mean, my my most expensive receiver this week was Michael Thomas uh, with you know against Denver at home. So I, I believe that the Saints are going to score points. I don't really think that you you stop their offense. Uh, Michael Thomas with the injury to to leave is is drawing somewhere around your number three guy your your nickel corner 
so he has a favorable matchup either way you look at that. Uh, so he would be my, my number one this week because I went really heavy on, on running backs. Yeah, and he was, he's, he's $20. And then uh, what, what was uh, maybe one more wide receiver that you like? So I went, uh, I went with uh, Des Bryant here uh, at $19 uh, against Pittsburgh. I think that's a for, – for the ability that he has in any given week, that's a pretty darn good value. I mean, he hasn't, you know, done anything great this year, uh, certainly not worthy of where his ranking was coming into the season. Uh, but in a game like this, this is, I think, where you would more likely see him show up. And for $19, you're kind of hard pressed to, to beat that. Yeah, I like, I like that pick um, going up against Pittsburgh. Um, Dallas – Dallas does have a, I want to say, an above-average defense. Their defense is better than a lot of people think it is. Um, and so if, you know, but still it's at Pittsburgh. I think that Pittsburgh could put up a lot of points in this game simply because Ben Roethlisberger plays better um, at home. Um, and so he, you know, they could be throwing the ball around a bunch there, um, especially if they, can, if they can manage to get Sammy Coates to hold on to the ball. Um, on the deep passes um, and, you know, maybe convert, you know, one of five or one of, you know, two of five instead of, you know, one maybe of five uh, deep passes to Sammy Coates. Um, and and I think if, if Pittsburgh manages to put up a lot of points, um, Prescott's going to have to throw the ball. And now that Des Bryant seems to be fully healthy, I think that that's a, that's a, that's a good pick to go with there. So. Um, the other one that I had uh, was looking at was uh, JJ Nelson at only eighteen dollars. Again, we were talking about matchups and how historically bad San Francisco's defense is. It's at home for Arizona against San Francisco, and JJ Nelson um, before the bye week, um, Bruce Arians had already announced that JJ Nelson was a starting wide receiver, and as far as we could tell, had taken over Michael Floyd's role. Um, you know, another another um, candidate for the Sir Drops a Lot uh, award, um, and so I like JJ Nelson's matchup. He seems to be getting a pretty good rapport with uh, with Palmer. Uh, I want to say in the Carolina game, he finished with six catches for seventy eight and two TDs, right around that area. And so for me, I like JJ Nelson again at a value pick at only eighteen bucks against a really terrible defense. Yeah, I think you're. Uh... I think you're spot on right there with with Nelson and what it, if there's going to be big play potential it's in this game it's it's going to be you know through him. Uh, I actually did take Michael Floyd uh, this week at fourteen dollars based on a, a similar premise around why I'm going with Palmer. If the Cardinals are going to turn around uh, and if they are going to make a run, uh, Michael Floyd has to be a part of that. And you know he's the antithesis of the contract year performance you got from Doug Martin. And this is the worst contract year performance I think anybody's ever seen. It's like he does not know how to catch a football anymore. Uh, but the talent's there. So, you know, I took him uh, just on that, on a deep discount. But I think J.J. Nelson is certainly the, the better play if you have the money. I think I think the, the play for Michael Floyd that sticks out to me the most was the one in the uh, – getting in the, in the fourth quarter uh, of the Seattle the, – the Seattle Sunday night debacle where both kickers missed – um, the the field goals in overtime and the drive to get down where Catanzaro missed at the end of the fourth quarter, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, on that drive, 
Michael Floyd had one as he was kind of backing up towards the towards the line towards the um, out of bounds that hit him in the gut and bounced right out onto the ground. I was like, "How do you miss?" I mean, that it would have put him in perfect. You know, would have saved him another ten seconds. Would have maybe given them one more play to maybe uh, get another run to David Johnson closer to the end zone. Um, and it, yeah. So I mean, that play stuck out to me, and it's just I, I can't believe really how bad with all of the. Um, prognostications that Michael Floyd could take over Larry Fitzgerald's role as the top wide receiver in Arizona. He has been anything but. So. Oh, and at this point, he's not getting re-signed by the Cardinals. No. And he's not getting big money anywhere else. No, he won't. So it's a good thing he went to Notre Dame. <laughs> All right, moving on to the running backs. Um, Really, is there to start it off? Is there anywhere else you can go other than David Johnson? I don't know. I don't know what you're looking at if David Johnson is not your your big dollar spend uh, for the week. I mean, he is going against the biggest, juiciest bullseye. You know, any running back's going to see all season long. I mean, this should be Tech Mobile statistics that he puts up. Uh, this weekend, so far none. The best play this week. Yeah, I, I, I try not to when I, you know, when I when I write up lines to to help out some of the guys at Vox. And I mean, I try to kind of spread out, you know, some players. Try to try to, um, you know, get exposure to a whole bunch of players. Last week, I had Jimmy Graham in every single lineup I wrote. And I haven't done that before. And it paid off. Um, this week, if I was going to take a player to do that with, it would be David Johnson. Again, we're talking about a historically bad defense in San Francisco who, let's see if I got it right here, how many yards are they? They're giving up 193 rush yards a game. I mean, last week we were kind of, you know, there was a debate, is it going to be Michael or Mark Ingram or Tim Hightower who's going to be, you know, is the guy to own in that game against San Francisco. And it turns out both of them were. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, Ingram had Ingram had over 100 yards. Hightower had over 100 yards. I mean, it was just this, this team, I, I, again, 193 yards a game. And... Yeah. And David, and and then it's you've got the the David Johnson who's averaging. I it's between him and Ezekiel Elliott all year who's going to end up being the leading rusher for the season, and it keeps going back and forth. So I mean, how do you not put David Johnson every single line? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, last week I thought it was a misprint when I saw him giving up 185 yards a game. This is 193. This isn't college football, you know, with like the horrible defenses. That, oh, they yield, you know. 900 yards a game on defense. I mean, this is the NFL. You're giving up 193 yards a game. And, you know, Johnson's might break 200 yards this week. You know, the question is, are, you know, are there enough balls to go around and how much is Arians willing to run it up on San Francisco? And I think, you know, there are enough balls to go around and Arians is willing to run it up. So I think you can, you can still do well on both sides as far as uh, through the air and, and on the ground. But, you know, if I'm, weighing it out, you know, you've got to favor Arizona's run game this week versus even the passing game. 
All right. So now that we've you know talked extensively about David Johnson, is there new, who's who's another guy that you're that you're looking at for this week? Uh, well, you know, it's the one time, it's one of the rare times that I'm actually going to point to a bright spot uh, on the Chicago Bears, and that's with uh, Jordan Howard. So I think at, you know twenty seven dollars, uh, Tampa Bay is is no great shucks uh, when it comes to when it comes to defense, and Howard realistically. Uh, has been about their best weapon uh, this year, their best option. Uh, he's a really impressive player to watch, uh, and the way he runs uh, is, is something that, you know, I wasn't expecting coming into this season. Uh, if he's able to, to do that as a career, then I'm perfectly happy with the fact that we actually got rid of Matt Forte uh, when we did, because I think he's a, he's a really talented player. And Tampa Bay, at, you know, they're below the middle of the pack in defense on, on, against the run. Uh, they're 21st overall. They give up, you know, 120 yards a game almost. So I, I think he's a he's a good pick there. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you there. Um, the other one that I was I was kind of looking at. We talked a little bit about Lamar Miller going up against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is number. Whoops, wrong ones. Go to the defensive stats. There we go. Uh, they're number 20. They're giving up all, basically 117 yards a game. And like we said, the the Houston uh, Texans are not going to be able to win games leaning on Brock Osweiler. They have to give Lamar Miller the ball. And if he is healthy, I mean, he I think he is a, a great guy to go with. Um, you know, to you know, as a as a guy maybe to to pair up with. David Johnson, if you're going to spend high on your on your running backs, simply because of the uh, the matchup and you know the opportunity, he's going to have to be the guy. So, absolutely, no, I think that's uh, I think that's definitely the uh, the right call. Yeah, and if I was getting, you know if I had to have a say like a, a shot in the dark pick, um, you know if you're going to go cheap, again we talked about CJ Procise having having a you know being um, used a lot in this next game, uh, him or maybe uh, you know maybe Tim Hightower for only sixteen bucks against against the uh, the Denver defense, who they are yeah they're number th- like you said number thirty in the league in giving in rush yards giving up one hundred twenty eight a game so um, yeah I, and I think that's you have to go with that matchup I think you know with with Hightower there I think it's good to see Procise uh, in there I think he's a solid play overall and. Maybe he helps solve Seattle's uh, rushing issues. You know, I'm going to pull for the Golden Domers uh, all, all the time, and I think uh, watching him in college, he was, you know, he's, he's a great back. So we'll see if uh, you know he can actually solidify that position uh, up there in Seattle. But otherwise, for the week, I go with Hightower against Denver. All right, moving on to tight ends. Um, is there? I mean, other than. Other than Gronk against the Seattle defense that historically has trouble guarding against um, tight ends, especially now, it looks like that Cam Chancellor will be back for this game. It'll be his first game activated um, after suffering the groin injury and being out for four weeks. I don't trust Cam Chancellor coming off injury to be able to guard Gronk. So, I mean, other than, other than Gronk, who I think is probably an obvious play this week, is there someone else that you're looking at? Well, I think that's a great point because it brings up the guy that I have this week um, in, in DFS, which is going to be Martellus Bennett on the other side of the field. So uh, you know that Gronk's going to always get the lion's share of the coverage. 
and I think that opens up things for for Bennett. He's been a little bit inconsistent this this season, but this is the type of matchup that I think he could he could really thrive for the exact reasons you just said. All right, I like um, for me. I think if I'm going to spend quote unquote high at tight end, I mean tight ends are usually right around that twenty one to twenty five dollar range for your high end guys. Um, I like Delaney Walker against the Green Bay, you know, non-existent pass defense. Um, uh, Delaney, I mean, Marcus Mariota has been able to throw the ball around pretty well uh, the last few weeks. I mean, he did he did have a, a, a costly interception last game against was it San Diego? But I think for the most part, Delaney Walker is still the main pass catching guy in Tennessee. He is the first option when it comes to, to when it comes to passing. Um, for for Mariota, so I'm I'm always I'm always good to you know put you know Delaney Walker in my DFS lineups. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean that's a that's a solid pick. Um, you know, he is the biggest weapon they really have, or the most consistent, I guess, as far as output is concerned on on offense in the passing game. So it's a good value at, at twenty one dollars. And then if you know going value value. I, I, you know, I've told you this already. People are going to get sick of me saying this name over and over and over again. I've been saying it for four or five weeks now. CJ Fedorowicz <laughs> at fifteen dollars, um, going up against Jacksonville again. Jacksonville is not. I, I want to say Jacksonville actually against tight ends is right around um, ten to twelve in terms of giving up fantasy points on Yahoo. But CJ Fedorowicz has. Again, we talk about Brock Osweiler and how pathetic, I guess, is the best way to put it, you know, compared to expectations of what he was going to be able to do. He has not been able to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. He, I mean, Will Fuller hasn't exactly been healthy, and even when he was healthy, he was able to catch a couple of deep balls. But, I mean, he, you know, Fuller's stat line would be 10 targets, four catches for 120 yards. Um and so, you know, just the lack of the lack of consistency from Osweiler, he has it when he's throwing short passes. And CJ Fedorowicz has been uh, the recipient of that. I want to say, I'll go over these stats one more time that I went over in our last show. Uh, where was it? In the last five games, uh, he's had 34 targets for 24 receptions, 272 yards, and three TDs. Over the same time. DeAndre Hopkins has had 24 receptions for 202 yards and no TDs. So um, I like Fedorowicz. He is the you know, more productive guy. He, he's running more of the short routes that he can, that uh, Osweiler can, can actually hit um, a little more accurately. And so that I, again, at $15 against a, a not very good defense in Jacksonville, I love that play. So. Yeah, I mean, Osweiler and Captain Checkdown is uh, certainly plays into the performance of, of Fedorowicz, which, uh, to be honest, I mean, who doesn't want to say C.J. Fedorowicz every week? I mean, you know, Zach Miller's not really a fun name to say. And C.J. Fedorowicz is, is pretty cool, especially when he's doing well. And he's outperforming DeAndre Hopkins. And once you drop that stat, that's pretty much game, set, match. So... All right, and let's go ahead and move on to defenses for this week. I don't know. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of looking at defenses. Again, for DFS in general, it hasn't been, you know, this week 
hasn't really seemed like a great week of these are the great matchups to go for. So I don't know. What are, what are some of your thoughts on, on who to go with? I never have any money left by the time I get to this point anyway. And realistically, the best defense I could find for the value was the Jacksonville Jaguars at 12 bucks. you know, against the Osweiler-led, you know, Texans. I mean, they're at home. Uh, you know, the, the weather is supposed to be decent, but uh, I think that you know, Jacksonville's a, a decent play right there. I mean, Osweiler's not going to light it up, and even if Miller has a good game, he's only going to do so much. Yeah, you know, I like. I honestly like the other side of the field. If you go with the Houston Texans against Jacksonville, um, you know the Texans don't have a, a slouchy defense. It's not. I mean, it's not. They're not world beaters, especially since you know JJ Watt left. But um, I like. You know, I actually had Houston as one of the teams to maybe uh, to maybe uh, use as a streaming defense because it's never a bad idea to stream against Blake Bortles. Right. <laughs> kind of like, I, because you're looking at, you're looking at a guy that even last year you had, you know, you had this um, world, not necessarily a world beating season, but in terms of fantasy, it was great, but he really didn't play all that well because he still finished with what was at 30, I want to say 30, 35 touchdowns and had still had what, like 18 interceptions. So he's still throwing an interception a game. So he's still turning over the ball a little bit. Um, I uh, so yeah, I'm I like uh, I like Houston streaming against Blake Bortles uh, again at only fifteen dollars. That may still you know still leave you with a little bit to uh, to work out the rest of your work out the rest of your roster. So, all right, I think that's it for our DFS portion. We've covered all the positions, and then finally, uh, we don't have a whole lot of start sit thing. The main start sit thing that we've uh, that we've got to cover. Um, you know, I usually do, um, like I mentioned all the time, I usually do a, a Q and a for, um, season long and DFS on, uh, Vox DFS. Um, and so just kind of answer their questions on, on kind of my insight on the players. And this week, uh, you know, had some, had a little bit of a conflict, so I wasn't able to do it, but still I have them, you know, post questions throughout the week. And so, uh, so far today, we really only had the one question and Greg, you and I talked about this. So since you are the, the, the quarterback guru for skulking football, I'll let you answer this question. The question was, um, in terms of who to start this week at quarterback, do you start, um, Trevor Simeon against New Orleans, Jay Cutler against Tampa Bay, or uh, Andy Dalton against the New York Giants. All three of those games are away games for the quarterback. Yeah, this was a good question. Um, you know, it, it is a challenging one to look at, and I think there's some traps here. So let's start with Andy Dalton. Number one, this is the Monday night game on the road in New York. Uh, if there's quarterbacks that don't traditionally play well in the spotlight, it's Andy Dalton. Uh, so he's put up a lot of yards this year uh, for Cincinnati. I think we, you were saying, Ryan, that you know, he's, he's likely to break the franchise record for, for yardage in a season this, this year. But it's only led to nine touchdowns. I mean, he's not, he's not producing a lot from a, from a scoring standpoint. And I don't think that the Giants at home are on Monday night <clears throat> is, frankly, an environment for him to thrive. You know, that brings us to then to Jay Cutler, which, as we know, you know, as we know, if there was no other quarterbacks available in the league, I still wouldn't take Jay Cutler. Uh, even if you get what's called the Jay Cutler game, which is relatively good, <laughs> you're generally looking at less than 300 yards. 
you're not getting three touchdowns. And then it's going to be a mixed bag out of you know, turnovers between one and five. So in the worst case scenario of a Jay Cutler game, you get sub 300 yards, one touchdown, and three plus turnovers. In a good Jay Cutler game, it's give or take 300 yards, two touchdowns, and maybe only one turnover. Or if you get lucky, it's none. So he's a middle-of-the-road guy. Simeon, who I normally wouldn't pick, because I don't think that he's nearly worth the hype that he's gotten, frankly. I mean, I think he's played solid, but he's on an excellent team. Dak Prescott's on an excellent team. And look at the difference in production that's there. And Prescott technically has less experience. He wouldn't sit behind Peyton Manning. So uh, when I look at Simeon, though, New Orleans has such a good offense. You know they're going to put up points. Denver can't run the ball. Simeon's going to have to throw it. The drawback is he's probably going to turn it over. Uh, but I think from a yardage standpoint and a, a touchdown standpoint, he has more potential than the other two. The upside is there for him. And the upside I just don't I don't see with the other two. Yeah, I mean, if you look at – even look at just – playing the weapons that he has he with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders going up against a non-existent um, New Orleans secondary um, I mean there have been issues with Demarius Thomas I mean I I have some friends that are Denver fans that you know think that he should be you know absolutely booted because of how ineffective he's been all of his drops and everything but I mean to be honest the guy the guy is talented he is a physical freak um, and can get the job done, but uh, but I mean, you, but you look at Cutler. Cutler has you know Alshon Jeffrey, and then you're looking at Cameron Meredith and Zach Miller at tight end, or with Dalton, you've got AJ Green, who's you know right now a world beater. But then other than that, it's the rookie and Tyler Boyd, who has had a disappointing season for the most part. Um, he does have Tyler Eifert back, but you know again, the New York Giants defense is a little bit better than, say, the New Orleans defense is. Um, and then it's Brandon LaFell, which, let's be honest, you can't. he's had a good couple of games, but I'm not trusting Brandon LaFell at all to put him in any lineup whatsoever. So, No. I mean, it sounds like he should be in the French Fort Legion, too. <laughs> so, all right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see definitely see reasons for, for going with Trevor Simeon in that game. So, all right. That's uh, – all we have for this week. Uh, any more thoughts before we close out the show on uh, on this weekend fantasy football? No, just that I, I really enjoy doing the show because it gives me something to look forward to uh, in football this season uh, between the Bears and Notre Dame and my fantasy team. I would have absolutely nothing if it wasn't for this. And I've already turned to the early games of the NBA and the NHL to try to soothe myself between now and next season or the draft or anything else well we're uh, we're just we're we're planning on making this this podcast uh, go through go through the all the playoffs and the, and into the off season and you know try to do a little build up into the NFL draft and everything so hopefully that'll keep you keep you a little bit occupied with so fantastic all right well uh Again, we want to thank you, uh, thank you guys all for listening uh, to the podcast. Again, we are the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented to you by Vox DFS, uh, Vox Fire, Vox DFS Firelines, and VoxDFS.com. Uh, again, my name is Ryan Skullard, and with me, Greg Talcott. Go ahead and say bye, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I remember trying to remember who I was, like you were looking at the names. Here.
No. Good night, everybody. All right, guys. Have a nice week. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.